Hello and welcome back to There's Something We Need to Address, an informational podcast by myself, Sam Dixon, my good friend, Simi Skorstad. And today's episode is the murder of Kiki Camarena. My name is Sam Dixon. I'm a political science major from California originally, but currently attending school in New York City. My name is Sammy, and I was <laughs> in New York City as well, but um, with today's happenings i had to relocate back to my hometown of san clemente and i am a history and anthropology major and i like to talk about things happening and that have happened stuff and things stuff and things today we the stuff and things we're going to be talking about uh we will be discussing the murder of dea agent kiki camarina and how his death is reflective of the violence and corruption of cartels in guadalajara in the 1980s for a little bit of context the guadalajara cartel originally decided to build their empire in the city of guadalajara rather than in their hometown of sinaloa because they believed that their presence would be better felt more successfully in a bigger city sinaloa itself was more of the stereotypical wild west wherein the locals were looked down upon as cowboys rather than capable strategists the kingpins of the Guadalajara cartel saw the untapped potential in this, that the city of Guadalajara had to offer and jumped at the opportunity to be at the forefront of cartel operations. So Guadalajara was a very strategic move for them. Um, the land surrounding Guadalajara had very, it was very, very fertile while also being a desert. So it gave lots of sunlight, lots of open space but also had um, potential for really successful irrigation. Um, the land that Rancho Buffalo was built on was extremely fertile, and the desert setting allowed for the Guadalajara cartel's marijuana plants to thrive in the direct sunlight. Um, the city itself had much better infrastructure, especially compared to that of Sinaloa. Uh, it was, at the time the second largest city in Mexico. It had modern residential suburbs and linked by highways and wide boulevards. Um, it has, had attracted members of the upper and middle classes from the older parts of the city. So the cartel, the Guadalajara cartel um, was very expertly organized and ran and it had reach across all, most of the, um, the successful cartels in Mexico. So the Guadalajara cartel um, was able to oversee and control all of the plazas, especially reaching up into the United States, as that's how the trucks carrying the drugs had to go through. So the Guadalajara cartel was able to keep a leash on the Tijuana cartel, Medellin cartel, and the Cali cartel. So as the Guadalajara cartel um, became more and more powerful, the cartels, in, especially in Colombia, had to go through the Guadalajara cartel to get to their main market of the United States. They physically and um, business businessly, businessly yeah. <laughs> not only did they physically have to go through the Guadalajara cartel to get to the United States, the power that the cartel had allowed them to take cuts from the other cartels using their land to 
sell their products. Right. The the geography in this sense was yes. was key. Yes. Yes. Exactly. To introduce Kiki a little bit here and how he ties into the Guadalajara cartel and its ultimate downfall. Uh, he was originally in the U.S. Marine Corps until 1974, and then he began his work at Calexico Police Department. Uh, in addition to his po- position as a police officer, Kiki Camarena assumed the position as a special agent at the Imperial County Narcotic Task Force in 1975. But Kiki wanted more. Kiki didn't want to be limited to one department in one place. He wanted action. He didn't want simple small drug busts in back alleys of California. He wanted something bigger. He had this chase for for more, not necessarily out of looking for more adrenaline, but looking for the bigger route to the cause. He wanted the, to literally take it down from where it all right. Cut started. cut the snake's head off. He yes. that's what he, that's what Kiki wanted to do. And mm-hmm. he was he was determined to do so. Uh, and as a result of his great efforts in Calexico and Fresno, Kiki Camarena was transferred to the Guadalajara branch of the United States Drug Enforcement Association in 1981. After making this move to Guadalajara with his wife and children, uh, Camarena jumped right into his new position at the Guadalajara DEA. He became acutely aware of the increasing presence of corruption amongst Guadalajara police officers, government officials, Uh, As the information on the matter became more clear to him, he began to unfold the secrets behind the empire of the Guadalajara cartel. And at this time, people hadn't even truly acknowledged its presence in Guadalajara. It was kind of on the down low. It wasn't being talked about and addressed, even in the DEA. They knew something was going on, but the, the United States didn't properly care. So they didn't really send the correct funding to really make an effort to break it down. And that has a lot to do with how much control uh, over the Mexican government that the, the cartel had itself. So Agent Camarena began to see the potential in Guadalajara himself, the potential to confront the drug cartel cor- corruption firsthand, to really try to get to that snake itself and cut off its head. As I briefly mentioned just now, the Guadalajara cartel had its hands in everybody's pie. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was in control of police politicians, federal officers, and that's what allowed it to be so successful at the time. Mm -hmm. If you have nobody to say no to you, (laughs) you can't be stopped. Yeah. So if if you can bribe officers and the people in power with just a sliver of the amount of money you're making to in order to continue to make that money, you have like a never ending cycle here. Mm-hmm. You can just keep keep growing your business exponentially. Not to mention the cartel itself ended up owning banks and hotels and actual institutions within Guadalajara. So any shady business going on, ultimately they were the ones who actually owned the premises. And so there was literally nobody to tell them no and to stop them from doing what they were doing. Right. And this had a huge effect on Guadalajara as a city. Mm -hmm. When, when there's no true police force that is honest, I guess, in a sense, there's no one governing the area. Mm -hmm. So essentially this whole area of Guadalajara was not governed by the Mexican government, but rather it was governed by the cartel itself. Exactly. There was no there was no 
political power that could really have a good, like an actual shift Mm -hmm. on what was going on in Guadalajara, because ultimately they were receiving a paycheck from the cartel. So they're going to do what they say. And their paycheck was from the cartel was much larger than that from the Mexican (laughs) Far larger. I mean, we all know that drug money, dirty money, as it as it is referenced, is often way more attractive. Oh, oh, yeah, way more attractive than Mm -hmm. than as we would call it, I guess, the honest money Mm -hmm. of the trade of being in politics, I guess. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So Kiki Camarena became obsessed with taking down Felix, um, the head of the Guadalajara cartel. Um, he was, his entire life became researching, investigating, going undercover for this, and which unfortunately left his family behind a little bit. Um, but he, his efforts eventually led to the infiltration and destruction of Rancho Buffalo, um, This, unfortunately, was also the catalyst for more violence on behalf of the cartel. After discovering one of the largest marijuana plantations in Mexico, Camarena and the Guadalajara DEA finally broke ground on the Guadalajara cartel case with help from the Mexican government, which took a lot of... what should I say? Which took a lot publicity. of publicity. Like, you know, yeah. it took, they had to, once, once news broke of this yeah. situation happening mm-hmm. of Rancho Buffalo's existence and it being literally one of the largest plantations ever mm-hmm. at, at least at the time, you know, yeah. that, that it is had, not something that the U S could sweep under the rug. Exactly. They could no longer turn a blind eye. Exactly. And it literally held one. It was, Oh, what was it? It, it held one-third of the U.S.'s yearly consumption of marijuana. That one field had, <laughs> I think it was over 5,000 tons yeah. of marijuana. With these added efforts, um, this became known as one of the greatest drug busts in Mexican history. Kiki Camarena had made himself known. Little did Agent Camarena know that as he watched Felix's plantation burn, he had signed his own death warrant. After the destruction of Rancho Buffalo, Camarena had a target on his back like never before. On February 7th, 1985, Camarena was on his way to meet his wife for lunch when a bag was pulled over his head and he was abducted at midday. The Guadalajara cartel knew that Agent Camarena was the backbone of the bus that cost them billions of dollars and they wanted to be sure he paid for his actions. Rafael Caro Quintero had ordered for Camarena's capture in an effort to seek revenge. The abducted Camarena was brought to a ranch owned by the cartel, and it was there that he was tortured for around 30 hours. Over the course of the torture, Camarena was asked various questions regarding exactly how much he knew about Caro Quintero's drug empire, as well as who the DEA's informants were. Right. Here it was crucial for the cartel to know exactly who was involved because at the, at the time they didn't know completely to what extent the DEA's presence even was because there was barely any in Guadalajara at the time. So all of a the sudden their entire branch is taken over, burned down, and they, they, they panicked. They, they didn't know what to do. Well, this they, is their they life. Knew. They knew if they had any hope of potentially restarting and continuing, they needed to know 
how much each person potentially knew so they could get rid of them before they right. tried to restart, I guess. Exactly. Or else, mm-hmm. or else what? The, for all of your efforts to restart again are for nothing mm-hmm. because yeah. someone else is on the inside that knows. Yeah. So it was, it was imperative for them to not only take Kiki, but for them to find out who else was helping him and who else knew. Mm-hmm. So about a month after his kidnapping, uh, Kiki Camarena's body was found on a remote ranch wrapped in plastic. His lifeless body was badly beaten. He had broken ribs, cigarette burn marks, and needle holes from where he was injected with substances to keep him alive during the duration of the torture. I read an article about the, the, uh, from the perspective of the doctor that was actually present at the time of Kiki's torture. Mm-hmm. And the things he described, the details that went into ensuring Kiki stayed alive from the torture. Like they needed him to just be conscious enough to answer questions. And at that point, I mean, obviously I'm not an expert in uh, torturing DEA agents on behalf of a drug (laughs) cartel in the 1980s. But at that point, Kiki could barely stay awake. He could barely keep his eyes open. He had said everything he could say. He was not even properly trying to hold back secrets at that point. And he was essentially dead. Like, he was dead long before he was actually dead. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. They were just injecting him with enough adrenaline to keep his heart pumping and to keep his eyes, like, kind of open. Because they were yeah. they were trying Despite to get... the swollen shut. No kidding. Yeah, yeah, he was so badly beaten that he was nearly unrecognizable when they found his body. Yeah. So his death and his torture in general was a catalyst for the United States yeah. interference in the Mexican drug war because mm-hmm. the assassination of a United States DEA agent was a crime that had not even really occurred. It was so shocking yeah. even for the narco kingpins and it was something that the mm-hmm. United States just couldn't ignore. And the same uh, yeah. same thing like along the lines with finding their ranch where they had all of their like the plantation. Yeah. They the US couldn't just sweep that under the rug again. Mm -hmm. as they had information in the past. And the same with Mm -hmm. you can't cover up an American DEA agent's death in a foreign country. That's just not... That is is something that was was all over the news. Yeah, it was the call to action and that was needed. It was the push that was needed to really get... to really get the United States involved with the drug war. Right. It was his death led to yeah. the ultimate exposure of the corruption in the politicians, the federal officials. Everything that was going on in Guadalajara that was ignored for so long was all mm-hmm. of a sudden highlighted. And you know what is it's like the call to action that the that Pearl Harbor gave the United States to joining World War Two. Exactly. Finally. Yeah. It was like that that terrible thing that had to happen <laughs> to get the the big guns involved exactly exactly and that like his death and the way that it changed how the u.s was viewing the cartel presence in guadalajara and in mexico in general it completely shaped the narrative for other cartels Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. the the guadalajara cartel overstepped the line they they killed they you know cartels kill people all the time it's not yeah that's not new no that's not news violent. right that is yeah that is yeah. like the the quote i don't know who said it and so i'm being a bad student right now but the quote about how one one death is a tragedy and a thousand deaths mm-hmm. is a statistic right yeah 
Yeah. They killed thousands, hundreds of thousands of people. But that one death exactly. was not, not allowed. Even among the cartels, they knew it. They knew. It was like, oh, crap. We're going to have everyone looking down our backs now. Right. That was. Like, you, we can no longer get away with everything. Right. They, yeah. you know, you could not target a DEA agent like that. It is one thing mm-hmm. to kill, to kill officers within your country. You know, that, that, that is different. You can't kill. It, forget that he was a DEA agent. Yeah. It was American. Exactly. You can't kill an American on Mexican soil. Right. And. Yeah, obviously, like murder is bad. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna <laughs> acknowledge that right now. But it really, no murder. This whole thing really murder. demonstrates the U.S.'s willingness to participate in something if it only affects mm-hmm. them. Like, yeah. they don't care about wow, how just, many Mexicans were murdered at all. No, let's just let's just rag on the United States. Oh yeah, how listen, we we love the United States. The United States is the best country in the world. Listen, the FBI agent listening in our phones right now knows that we're not yeah. really going to overthrow the government. We just think hypothetically <laughs> our government could use an adjustment. Even in the <laughs> like if we could overthrow the government, then I you know, hmm. I, I wouldn't I wouldn't say no, but <laughs> anyways, haha, just kidding. Um <laughs> No, but it really, it really demonstrated. I, I'm going to use the word racism in not the not yes. the original like not the like sense that I'm really trying to use the word racism, but it really demonstrates uh-huh. that the the United States government at the time did not give a shit. They only cared yeah. when the drugs were coming in to the United States because mm-hmm. then that was an issue in the United States. Yeah. Without like having that personal reflection to look and say, well we are the place that they want to sell to. <laughs> yeah. We are the, the, the people who are buying the product. They're just the people who are yeah. making the product. But yeah. and I mean, <laughs> turning a blind eye to the violence itself, like, yes, it did take Kiki Camarena, but there's also the issue, like if we even want to get into it of sovereignty and right. like, yes, there's, a lot of shit going down next door down there in Mexico, you know, but like how much authority does the United States really have and how much authority can they assume to have in a foreign country? And I know it definitely changed the game when Kiki Camarena was killed because obviously he was an American citizen and a DEA agent. But before that, like, I don't know how much they could have, explained their and justified their presence right yeah i agree i didn't have anything to say but i I really agree with your point yeah (laughs) yeah all right so after the death um of kiki camarena two-thirds of the guadalajara cartel had been associated with most of the blame for his death and abduction torture um on april 4th 1985 rafael cara quintero was arrested in his secret mansion in Costa Rica. Love that dirty... No, not a bad place um, to be arrested, if I might add. No, yeah. no. I mean, yeah. <laughs> um, he was ultimately tried at the state level for the murder of Agent Camarena and sentenced to prison for 40 years. However, he only served 28 years before he was released in 2013 for being tried improperly during the, his first arrest. Once he was released, he made his escape in an effort to avoid being tried on the federal level of Mexican courts for his time as a drug trafficker. 
Um, he has remained on the run ever since and is now on the FBI's top 10 most wanted. And not, list. again, not to be the person who keeps praising the cartel, but like how badass is it that through a true, through <laughs> like a, a, an error in his own trial, he was able yeah. to be released in order to be I mean, re- after 20 years. I mean, yeah, years. but which also yeah. that, that should not have flown if there was really an issue in his first trial. And they waited 28 no. years. But, you know, more corruption, more corruption, more corruption. But yeah. I think, like, how badass is it that then after 28 years of being in prison, now you get to escape, but on the, like, government's dime, essentially, to be retried yeah. again. Yeah. But come on. <laughs> like, were you really yeah. going to go? Did you? Did they really think he was going to stay for his second trial? Like, oh, yeah, no. freedom after 28 years. I'm going to be a good good boy just, and go back to go back yeah. to court and let them try me again. No, nah, I'm definitely yep. going to get my ass on the FBI's top 10 most wanted list. Come on. Yeah. yeah, and then on April 7th, 1985, Ernesto Fonseca Carrillo. 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 <laughs> I am <laughs> gringo over <It's> okay. <laughs> here. <laughs> <laughs> um, he was arrested in Puerto Vallarta for money laundering and was later assumed to have been in cahoots with Carol Quintero in supporting the kidnapping and assassination of Kiki Camarena. Um, Fonseca Carillo was tried and sentenced to 40 years in prison. Due to his feebleness in old age, he has since been removed from prison and is finishing out his sentence on house arrest. He was old to start off with when he got involved in the, in yeah, the cartel, yeah. which, again, not to be the person who praises the cartel, but kind of badass. Like, I'm not going to yeah, yeah. I'm not going to front. <laughs> <laughs> so Felix, we're left with Felix. Mm-hmm. He's he's the he's that yes. third prong and ultimately the the. The head of the snake, the right? Snake. Mm-hmm. Felix managed to utilize his power over political figures, federal and state officers, as well as almost all of the other Mexican officials who were, you know, under his his payroll. Uh, yeah, at the at the time of Camarena's murder, <clears throat> it wasn't actually until 1989 that Felix was arrested for the kidnapping and murder of Kiki. Uh, drug trafficking and various other violent political crimes, of course, were also on that ticket. Uh, and Felix's arrest mm-hmm. led to the downfall of the Guadalajara cartel. When Don Neto and mm-hmm. uh, Rafa got arrested, it was not it was not the mm-hmm. biggest deal because at the time Rafa had been primarily just tending to his crops, and now his crops were gone. Yeah. And Don Neto mm-hmm. kind of just provided advice and counsel to to Felix throughout the time. Yeah. Again, like, it came down to cutting off that head. Of right. Snake. Felix was the businessman. Felix was the one who was, was getting, exactly. He was the one who was in mm-hmm. negotiations with the Medellin cartel, with the Cali cartel, who mm-hmm. was the one who officiated mm-hmm. having, uh, you know, co- bringing cocaine into his, into his yeah. shipments and exports Business. and things of the sort. Yeah. So he was, he was the man in charge. He was, he was the, the man at the top. So, yes. so it took him being taken down to bring down the rest of exactly. the cartel. With him still out there, the cartel was yes. still thriving. I mean, not thriving. There were various yes. prongs that were broken loose as a result of, you know, the, the Guadalajara cartel kind of crossing that line and killing a DEA agent. Mm-hmm. The other cartels didn't really want mm-hmm. to be associated with that. But 
you know, for the first year yeah. of his imprisonment, Felix continued to actually run his business from within prison. <laughs> he had, he had, <laughs> we, we love, love corruption. corruption. We love I corruption. mean, when you ha- like, as we've mentioned, when you have that much money and you have that kind of control yeah. and you have the ability mm-hmm. to offer somebody double the amount that the government is paying them to work in that position, yeah. you have, you have all of the, the advantage in these kinds of situations. Mm-hmm. So he was able to continue to talk to the people of the Tijuana cartel who were actually his nephews. Um, and mm-hmm. he, you know, it was a family operation from that point on until he was transferred to a maximum security prison in 1990. But, you know, for, for a year after his arrest, <laughs> essentially, he was able to continue to run his business. No, that's not bad. That's not from bad. Prison. No, I'll, I'll, yeah. <laughs> Uh, so yeah. though his transfer marked the official end of his rule as one of the most powerful narco kingpins in Mexico, it was troubles between the plaza relations that actually, like, as I mentioned, as a result of killing Agent Camarena, that ultimately led to the downfall of the Guadalajara cartel. Yeah. With all of the sections of the Guadalajara cartel being so spread out from Tijuana to Juarez, a non-unanimous decision to murder a DEA agent did not really sit well with all of the cartel's proponents. And, you know, the death of Agent Camarena caused the cartel to unravel. Everything kind of fell apart, and Mm -hmm. there was no going back when the man altogether is now in isolation and can't can't have any contact with anyone. So, ultimately, Mm -hmm. the death of Kiki Camarena was a catalyst for more pressing U.S. presence, as we discussed, in Mexico's drug war and a heightened Mm -hmm. global awareness of drug violence. This spread everywhere. You could not say that the U.S. wasn't taking drugs from Mexico when you have an agency presence in another country specifically looking into these cartels, even though they swept it under the rug for so long, when a DEA agent was murdered by the biggest cartel (laughs) in Mexico, that made the news Mm -hmm. globally. Uh, And it ultimately dismantled one of Mexico's most powerful cartels. As a result of Felix's arrest, the greed and corruption of Mexican officials and politicians was finally exposed on a national and, and under media level. scrutiny following Camarena's death and Felix's arrest. Many police commanders were arrested and nearly 100 officers abandoned their positions in fear of being exposed. They knew they were not going to be seen as, you know, like on the right side of history in this case. And they uh-uh. were, you know, afraid uh-uh. of the prosecution that they were going to have to face when now every other country in the media itself ha- it has its eyes on Guadalajara and, and the Mexican mm-hmm. government in general. Because yeah. at this point, you know, the spread of the Guadalajara cartel, the reach of it was so far and wide that if you're an outsider looking in, you could generalize and say, well, anybody could have been under the control of the Guadalajara cartel. It could, it, it, not just people in Guadalajara. Yeah. So it was a big, it was mm-hmm. a big deal. Mm-hmm. And the world took a closer look at the corruption amongst federal commanders, political leaders everywhere, setting more strict rules for people Mm -hmm. in power to follow. To sum it all up, Kiki Camarena comes to Guadalajara. He is set. He has his mind set on taking down this drug cartel. And at at any cost. At any cost. He made his life completely about taking down this cartel. And unfortunately, 
that led to his death. Uh, the cartel was not happy <laughs> that uh, he burnt down <laughs> their entire field of marijuana. Um, and so he was, as we discussed, tortured very, very badly and killed. But the entire right. world knows it's, it. It's, not, Nobody... it's no longer being swept yes. under a rug and ignored. It's in the media. It's, it's mm-hmm. a, mm-hmm. Their presence is mm-hmm. known. Obviously, their presence is still feared because, you know, cartels can are notorious for being a little violent. But but it is no longer <laughs> something that the U.S. can ignore. It's no longer something that Mexico can ignore. They, they you know, the, the in general, Guadalajara had to reflect on, a- on the dishonesty within some of their officials, among some of their officials and and police officers and they really had to to take a look at what what is the bar that we're setting for people in mm-hmm. charge mm-hmm. for people governing and mm-hmm. you know ensuring the safety of our city where where is the bar where is that set because yeah. from here we can see that the bars on the ground like there was no there was hardly any honesty yeah. in government and when there even when there appeared to be there was always a paycheck that could be offered that could change somebody's mind. And that's, yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. And I mean, uh, you say like Mexico on the world stage, once everyone knew and once the media shined a light on the reality of the corruption within Mexico, like that completely discredits Mexico as a country. And like, their global presence and their interactions with other countries. It's like, they're no longer taken seriously and, you know, invited to trade or do anything of any like global importance when all they are known for now is the cartel. So like they really had to, I mean, they haven't completely, but they've worked extremely hard over the past few years to clean that up. They've, they've, you know, they've, yeah, exactly. They had to because ultimately, no and, country wants to be run by you know violence. I mean, okay, well, <laughs> I guess, I guess, no. I guess some countries in the <laughs> past have run by themselves by violence, but no country wants the citizens of their country to be afraid all of the time. And Mexico knew they needed to step up their game. Mm-hmm. They knew they needed to to take down cartels and have a heavier, you know. To, to put in more efforts to take down the cartels because they ultimately don't want this, this reputation of being a drug state. We can get completely into the fact that like Mexico also had to really look at itself and consider that the citizens didn't right. have another option. Like there, it was the fault of the Mexican government and their shortcomings that led so many to drug trafficking and drug harvesting and doing that because there was no other way to make a living and to put food on the table. And there was, there were, yeah, there were, you know, economic reasons behind it. There's infrastructure for, for the areas that are not, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. (laughs) businessy for lack of a better word. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's a difficult situation to put into a country that then, stopped being stopped governing itself so overall good despite the fact that you know obviously murder is bad as we've discussed 
Kiki's death did serve a purpose. It brought to light all of these issues that had been going on for years, for, for a decade, mm-hmm. for over over a decade. Mm-hmm. And it allowed mm-hmm. for a breakdown of one of the biggest cartels of all time. It was known globally after after this. And mm-hmm. because yeah. of, you know, whatever whatever kind of efforts you want to say on part, if they were positive or negative from the United States, you know, as a result of just because they finally yeah. cared because it involved them, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And classic United States. Um, right. We didn't know it was happening. But I guess it was happening, you know, even though we have people there yeah. to see if it was happening. Mm-hmm. I, we had no idea, you know. But as mm-hmm. a result mm-hmm. of these new efforts, there, you know, the war on drugs kind of took a new, took a new meaning. It, it, developed Uh into more of a global scale issue rather than a we're going to blame this one country for it kind of issue the blame the blame Mm -hmm. was put more onto the individuals involved and less onto this whole country is bad because that's not a way we can think with some issues ultimately long story short kiki camarena r.i.p uh sorry you had to die for (laughs) shit to change and for (laughs) shit to happen um, your spirit lives on. Good on you. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Oh man. Yeah. Uh, rest in peace, Kiki. Thank you for your, for your efforts in, uh, thank you for your service. Thank you for your service and taking down one of the biggest cartels of all time and making one of the biggest drug busts of our, all time. And, you know, highlighting that corruption is bad. Murder yeah. also bad. And we got to do our jobs. We, yeah, that's that's true. Ultimately, today's topic that we needed to address was the murder of Kiki Camarena. But on a deeper level, it was a reflection of how Guadalajara as a global city mm-hmm. was affected by violence and corruption mm-hmm. of the Guadalajara cartel specifically. Mm-hmm. But how ultimately... When Kiki died, it mm-hmm. sparked a new, it really lit the fire. Yeah. Under United States and the rest of the world, AF. Hell yeah. Hell to yeah. bring down, to bring, to focus on corruption, to stop ignoring things when they're mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that really allowed for a turnaround in, in Guadalajara, in mm-hmm. Mexico. And it made the United States look at itself made it mm-hmm. have a reflection because mm-hmm. you can't continue to say that something's not happening when it is. I know mm-hmm. I've said that a thousand times already today, <laughs> but the media's eyes were on everybody. It wasn't just the scrutiny of Mexico. It was how did the United States allow for an agent to get killed? Yeah. What were they ignoring for so long because of payments, whatever, bribery, whatever, mm-hmm. that it got to this point? And that's where we're going to leave it today. And I hope you enjoyed listening to us rant mm-hmm. and rant uh, and ramble. I, I rant and ramble. And I hope that you will continue to listen to us talk about stuff and things in the next one. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. <laughs>